Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. So, Nancy, so excited to have you here today. And, uh, Nancy, I want to ask you, I, I pronounced it in the past, but I don't know if I pronounced it right or wrong, but your last name is the show, Walter? Yes, perfect. Exactly as, as it's spelled, which I love. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's funny because I ask that question all the time because I don't want to butcher someone's name, but it's funny how often my last name gets butchered, and I couldn't care <laughs> yeah. less. But I know, you know some people, the, the pronunciation of their name is everything, so I think it's important we try our best to make sure we get it right. Sure. So, you had a chance to meet Elise off sort of line or off air. And, uh, you know, Nancy usually overstarts, so you'll get to know Elise anyway. And Elise, you'll get to know Nancy as we go through this, as you both know. But, Nancy, where we usually start is to get our guests to tell us a little bit about themselves for those that may be discovering them for the first time. And then, of course, we'll dive in from there. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Sure. Yeah, I'll start out with location because <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. I'm actually talking to you from South America in Ecuador. Wow. (laughs) Right. And we are at 8,000 feet high in the Andes. So it's not the beach, but we have year-round gorgeous weather. So no heat, no air conditioning needed. And, you know, 12-month growing season, and it's cool. So I'm here most of the year. I have a residence in the States, too, but here most of the year so so anyway so get location out of the way <laughs> i love it how yeah. long have you been living there about 14 years back and forth so yeah I have so many questions like what inspired the move <laughs> you know yeah, like, I, yeah people i'm all about that well we were kind of well in the 90s i traveled with a nonprofit organization around south america And I kind of fell in love with South America. And so Ecuador was, uh, it just felt like, you know, had a very nice vibration. It's a, it's basically a peaceful country and a spiritual vibration. And uh, after I quit traveling and, and, you know, my husband and I said, you know what, we should go to Ecuador for a vacation sometime. I think you'd love it. And um, that's what we did. And then while we were down here, we were getting the message, both of us independently, look for some property, see what you can do. You know, we're like, whoa, look for some property, right? Well, that was the beginning and that's how it all began. And then we went home, you know, and we thought for when we left, we we're going, we just bought a property. What are we going to do with it? <laughs> you know? And we're going back to the States to work, you know? So, so anyway, we're, um, we uh, got some, someone to help us, another couple, remodeled mm-hmm. this little place we got. And we got a little little over half an acre, but it's very um, beautiful and, and lush and you know, lots of trees and birds and 
We had chickens up until the last few months. We had chickens and a couple of cats. But anyway, so it, it's it's a beautiful, peaceful life. If, have you ever been to South America anywhere? Well, no, but I'm. we're interested. My fiance and I, Costa Rica, you know, Ecuador. And so don't be surprised when I reach out yeah. and be like, hey, yeah. I won't be coming. Well, we could come with our, technically we could come with our RV, right? If we, if we travel through some un- you actually could. The, the The whole Pan American Highway, you know, does go all through. There is a little stretch in Colombia that you you can't hardly do it. You'd have to take the boat around. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Panama to the border of Ecuador. But other than that, yes, you can almost drive all through South America. It's really. Good. I'm going to find my brave and do it because I know that there are certain parts of that trip that people people outside of myself, because I haven't had the personal experience, have said are probably less than optimal potential experiences that could arise. Let's put it that way. It's probably just better, faster, just to fly <laughs> down to the main destination and then go around, you know, from there. Right, right. It's a long, long way. I mean, I know, I know. but it's all the journey. I love the journey. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So anyway, so that's how we managed to get to um, South America. And here we are, and we love the life here. It's very peaceful. It's very manana, as they say. And mm -hmm. you have to really, like I always used to say, well, when I travel to South America, I have to take a deep breath and relax. And you'd have to do that about 10 times <laughs> to really get into the flow of what's happening here. But anyway, so... I always like to say, just to say a little bit about myself, I like to say, I kiddingly say I was born with a mission. <laughs> I always felt like something, I was going to help people, I was going to do things, you know, from a small child. And so um, I was very sensitive. And I remember one time as, you know, I, I, don't, I think I was just like under 10 years old. And I said to my mom, I said, can't you just feel the pain and the everything of the people in the world and she looked at me and she goes no <laughs> so although my mom was very spiritual but she just didn't have quite the same sensitivity that I did and so I I was raised Catholic and in fact I was very devout and I almost went to the convent after eighth grade for high school but then I knew somehow that just wasn't quite my calling in this life and so I didn't but then I started studying yoga and Eastern teachings and things. I, and I looked at all different religions. I taught yoga for a number of years. And, um, and then I got into Ascended Master teachings where there are, you know, some of the newer revelations in the last hundred some years uh, from uh, masters. And so that's kind of my story. And I'm kind of here and... Uh, also do uh, law of attraction coaching and, and spiritual mentoring and coaching. That's kind of what I'm focusing on mostly right now. And I'm in the process of writing my second book. And hopefully that will be pre-launched pretty soon within a matter of weeks. Well, that's exciting. Do you have a, do you, do you have a title for the book yet? Yes, I do. I spent a little bit in the making, as you probably can imagine. But yeah. it's called The Great Awakening, The Essential mm -hmm. I Am Teachings for Soul Liberation and Spiritual Mastery. Whoa. <laughs> right. 
that pretty much says it all right there. Yeah, it kind of does. And it's kind of like we are in this, you know, we are in this awakening period. And everything yes. that's been happening in the world, you know, it, it's helping people to look at things a little differently and see things maybe you didn't see before. And, uh, you know, working on turning within a little bit and understanding, you know, the chapter that I wrote, Corey, you know, in the in the book was stepping into a higher dimension of yourself. And that's what I think is needed right now is there's the part of us that we can see and feel and think and all this. But there is that spiritual part of us, that part of us that was made in the image and likeness of the divine and that part that is. I am. It's it's who we are. I mean, I am was revealed as the name of God to Moses. And so literally that part of us, that I am presence within us, that is our true identity, our, our greatest identity. And that is sometimes what we're cut off from when we get, you know, so busy in the world and we're not, you know, where am I going? There's confusion, there's fear, there's all these different things. So we need to bring forth that part of us that was made in the image and likeness of the divine and understand that that I am, you know, we're the only ones in the planet, only species that can say I am and make a decision to be something different than what we are. You know, animals can be extremely sensitive, you know, developed, intelligent, but they do not have that choice. They do not have the free will to transcend and to be more and become more or different than what we want to be. So those words, I am, are extremely powerful. They're, in fact, they're a great key to all of our creative power because when we say I am, and this is the secret because we go about our days, oh, I am this, I am that. But when we say I am, we're literally calling upon God, the divine part of ourselves, to create that condition, whatever we say after those words. It's like so, the paintbrush, that the paintbrush to create the reality in which we live. Exactly. And we create it, we speak it, we think it, we feel it. You know, we are creative beings. I mean, we're energy, you know. We, we create with our thoughts, our feelings, our words, and the word is very powerful. Uh, we do that right. through religion and through science. I mean, you know, let there be light, and there was light. You know, Jesus had a lot of his miracles with the spoken word. And so the crux is, is whether we recognize that we're doing it or not, it's still happening. It's like gravity. Exactly so, right. So the catch is being aware that. Yeah, we can. Become, you don't know you're doing it doesn't mean it's not happening. Exactly. We can become a conscious creator or just let life happen to us. You know, but when we understand the power that we have within us and our true identity, then we're we're not a victim. Right. I was going to say that that would equal victim. Right. It's happening to us. Right. One thing that amazes me. Uh, as, as you're saying this and sharing this, Nancy, it, it, especially when you said we're the only, uh, you know, the only species or only people, well, I guess not really people, but only species that can actually do these things. It starts making me think of, and I don't know what, why my head went here, but how, when we're looking for, you know, what should we be grateful for? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we hear often, which is true, you know, the fact that you actually 
even were born is, you know, the odds mm-hmm. against are so astronomical. We know that. Then if you, and, and this is not to, um, you know, say anything negative about anywhere else in the world because there's happier people in the world that were born into poverty poverty than sometimes people that were born into all kinds of uh, privilege. But I will say too, if you're born in North America, you probably have more freedom and more things than other people. So then that, you know, then there's another X level of, wow, you know, you were already won more of the lottery. You know, I think I've heard the number that a kid working at McDonald's today is in the top 50% earner of earners in the world. Because just yeah. because of the poverty in other places in the world. So then, you know, your odds, then you can have more gratitude there. But then to your point, you could have been born as an aunt. You could have been born as another, <laughs> and it's not, again, not that there's anything wrong with that, but you wouldn't have the things that we have the ability to do. Like you said, to create and have abundance and all those kind of things. In fact, your biggest fear might be, is somebody going to step on me today? And so, <laughs> I mean, if you think about all, all the things you had to went through to be this person that you are today, I mean, for me, it's such a miracle. I'm thinking, how can I not be grateful? I mean, I've actually had it so much better than it could have been is what I'm trying to say. Oh, exactly. And exactly. And a lot of a lot of what we're born into, in fact, much, if not most of what we're born into, has to do with karma and our life plan. And so we all were created uniquely, and we all have something we are meant to outpicture in the physical dimension. We're spiritual beings. We came here. We, we volunteered, believe it or not. You know, here we are, you know. And so we got kind of got caught up in the miasma here of the fallen consciousness, all of us. And here we are, you know, waking back up to who we really are and what our purpose really is. And so you know, some of these statistics you're talking about, um, Corey, I quote in my book, I have a book, it's okay to be rich. And uh, I do quote some statistics in there about, um, that's why I say, you know, what does it really mean to be rich? I can tell you that people living here in Ecuador who are rich. (laughs) Yeah, well, they're rich in many ways, many ways. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily, like a lot of the indigenous people, they don't really want the things we have. They're not not after all those material things necessarily. But so they're rich and they're close to nature and there's many rich, much richness. But on the other hand, some of them, you know, they're living on $40 a month or some insane amount of money. Uh, And we are on the dollar down here, actually, so... They we use the U.S. dollar, but they would. Many people in the world would love to trade places with the most oppressed in the United States. I mean, because it's not really oppressed. That's the whole point. We we do have more freedom than than most countries and nations. But um, so yes, gratitude is the thing that totally opens up uh, many many possibilities. It's the whole law of attraction. You know, what you put out energetically is what you are going to bring back to you. It's the old law of cause and effect. Real simple. You plant corn, you're not going to get beans. And so it's the same thing with. with I use those analogies too. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, you'll, if you plant, right. I think I've used it in my talk too. If you plant, if you plant a cucumber, you're not getting a tomato. Like I don't care how well you water it and nurture it and talk to it. You're getting, if you plant a tomato seed, you're getting, and and you're not getting a cucumber. That's right. 
That's exactly right. And that law, you know, whether it's Newton's law of for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, you know, for uh, what you sow, you reap. We know that law intrinsically. We have even those those sayings, you know, what goes around comes around. You know, we have these sayings. We know intrinsically we know that law. But somehow we've lost track of what that means all the time in our everyday life. Do you think that we've lost track of that, Nancy? Or do you think that we've never really been taught that we have that capability within us? Like, I believe, like, if we were really taught as a child that we are, so I wrote a children's book called I Already Am, because I was having sort of a self-concept meltdown 10 years back or so. And I thought if I was told I already was everything I thought I needed to change to be or get validation to become and all that, would I feel differently about where I am right now? The answer was yes. So if, is it losing track of that? Or is it that we just haven't been, it hasn't been nurtured within us that we have the ability and the capability to, to embody that? Right. Well, when I say losing track of it, I think what, what I really meant was, I, you know, obviously being taught those laws as children, it, it would be extremely helpful. I meant kind of as humanity, we've kind of, you know, in the evolutionary process here on the earth right now, we, we have a lot of victimhood. We have a lot of, um, you know, I'm powerless, uh, this, that, or the other thing, whether it's parents, school, government, you know, whatever, uh, you know, I'm the victim. And this, right. it, this is, you know, I, that's why I think this is such an important message right now is that people understand you're not the victim. And when you know inside of you, without a doubt, that the power in you is greater than any power outside yourself, you're not a victim. Absolutely. So I have a question for you, Nancy. So let's say that somebody gets, understands it, like what goes around comes around, you know, like attracts like, all of these kind of things. Like we get it, like as a statement, but to actually be able to take that and 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 create with that in our own lives. Like so say somebody's so far removed and they have been a victim, they've been taught to be a victim. Like we kind of are taught to be a victim, right. whether it's conscious or subconscious or intentional or not intentional. Totally. That, we don't, we're not born victims. So if somebody comes to you with that being, being, feeling like a victim, let's just say feeling like, right? Feeling like a victim their whole lives and, and they know that something else is possible. How would you help get them at least a step closer to being well, able to own their life as opposed to being in that state of victimhood? Well, it, there's a number of ways. It's a big question, I know, but I'm just, you know, I like the tangible, you know? Yeah. No, I, I, I get it. Um, it. It depends a little bit on where the person actually is. But I, you know, one technique that I did one time when I was, you know, starting on this path was, I sort of, when I went into meditation, I visualized and I said, okay, what if I didn't have a physical body? Okay, I'm still thinking. I'm closing my eyes and visualizing right now. I'm no, learning how to visualize and, and, better. And what if, I, what if I didn't have a mental body to think? And what if I didn't have a feeling body I couldn't feel? And do I still exist? 
you know, that's where you get to. I am. You what are. Was your, what, what was your answer? What did you come to? <laughs> well, when you get to, I am, I am, you don't necessarily have to be feeling something, thinking something, having even a body. So you can subtract out all those things and you still exist. And you can experience that I am. And in that, to me, the meditation that takes you straight to who you are and that presence, and it's presence because you're present. You're not in the future, you're not in the past, you're now, is that I am is by going into the heart center. That heart chakra, that spiritual center, you know, we have seven major spiritual centers. That spiritual center is where that I am is literally that spark is anchored. And when you enter into that space, I like to call it heart space, you are entering into that oneness and that wholeness, and you can be in that space. So I help people to answer your question. I do help people. All this is helping. Enter that space to feel something, to be something beyond all of their concerns, their victimhoods, their problems, you know, all of the things we get into with time and space and go into the eternal now. So once you can learn to enter that space, which is the I am, and there you can, when you make an, what we call affirmations or decrees or whatever you want to call it, when you say those, you are saying them from a different level than just, I am this, I am that, you know, you're creating when you do that. But when you go into that space and that level, you are consciously creating, like you said, you know. And so mm-hmm. you have to help to t- people to learn how to get into that space and how to consciously create. And I tell people, you know, there's part of you that's hurt, that's painful, has maybe horrible. Some people, you know, have lived through horrible things. They have horrible childhoods. I mean, I didn't. I was blessed to, to not have that. But some people do. And they have to get over these things. Well, that part of you that's hurting, there's a part of you that's not hurting. And it's that divine I am. And that's the part of you that can heal that part of you that's hurting. And I have lived this myself back way back in the day (laughs) when I was sort of falling into this victim consciousness. You know, when you're younger, you know, you're like you say, you're taught almost by society and every other aspect that you're a victim. And so I was feeling this and somebody, and I don't even remember the whole situation, I'll be honest with you, but somebody said, someone close to me or something said and did something to me that hurt me very deeply. And I was not the crying type person, even though I was sensitive, I just wasn't a big crier. Well, I was crying and I was crying and something inside of me, it was like I took a step back and I looked at myself crying and I said, if I, if I go, if I do this the rest of my life, I'm going to be a victim the rest of my life. And I started talking to myself. I literally said, Nancy, it's okay. He or she or they, whatever, may not love you. They may hate you, but I love you. And I nurtured myself Mm -hmm. continually, which is like 
your higher consciousness nurturing your soul is what it amounts to. And they call it inner child. Later it was, you know, it's okay, yeah. Well, I'm always like, what age are you? You know, hang out with your, your little girl. But so that adult, the adult consciousness is really meant to be your your Christ consciousness, your I am present, whatever, however you want to term it, Buddhic consciousness, whatever. That is your supposed to be your adult self. So it's that part of yourself. So with people who aren't terribly religious or spiritual, I give I talk to them about the adult versus the child. And there's the child in you is hurting. It was hurt, is painful. There's memories. And the adult of you, though, can say, look, I have Nancy, I have your back. You don't have to deal with this situation. I'm going to deal with it. I'm the adult here. And you see, whenever something triggers one of those painful memories, we push that inner child out there and we retreat, you know, like you have, you know, you go ahead, get massacred again. (laughs) But that's what you have to learn not to do. So I use that technique also to help people understand Mm -hmm. when it's triggered, you say you talk to yourself and you can step out of it. See, that's where you have to help people. That's where the meditation comes in to learn to be in that space, because then when things get hot and you get triggered and things come up and you're not you're not choosing them to come up, they just do, then you can gain control of it by saying, look, I'm in charge here. You know, even though your gut may be going a mile a minute. <laughs> but so you're right. understanding that higher awareness of yourself. So those are just some of the ways that I would try to help people. Those are great ways. I mean, I think, and I think it's important, like when we have these conversations to have them openly and say, okay, so yes, people who are feeling crappy, like I know when I feel crappy, I know I want to feel better. And I know that there's a way to, but when I'm feeling, when I'm in the crappy, like it's really hard to, to, you know, kind of pull it, especially if you don't have the tools or the resources. So thank you for sharing these perspectives and ways to at least become more aware Right. You get a momentum on this. It's not like you say, it's not always easy when you're really feeling horrible. But you know what? There is that ability. And I mean, I've practiced it for many, many years in my life where I just say, you know, you're going on with some thought pattern, some emotional pattern, you know, or just, oh, I feel horrible. And I just say, Nancy, stop it. Like you would a child. And, and You're in time out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stop it. We're not going there. Just as simple. We're not going there. And yeah, like, we're not going there. What do you do with a child when you're trying to discipline them? They may scream and throw a fit. They may do this. They may do that. And you just, no, no. You don't want to get in a brawl just like you don't with. I, I pull the attraction. I'm like, I, I pull the distraction. I'm like, you know what? If you want to, you can hang out with me, but I'm going over here and doing this. Exactly. And I'm not like, I'm going to be busy over here. <laughs> you know, oh, and another, get bored. exactly. It's perfect. And another, te- whatever works for you. Another technique is, okay, I heard you. We'll talk about this Friday at three o'clock. See ya. You, you you have to gain a momentum of not going into every negative spiral we've ever created in our lives, everything in our unconscious. Right. And it, ta- it does take an awareness. It takes an awareness and it also takes uh, a will. Mm-hmm. It takes a will. Some people don't want to get out of their 
victim. We had this conversation with it yesterday and the day before yeah. that some people are really attached to their situation because certain things in their life actually got better, you know, and if they, and that yeah. now if they get better, then those might go away or it's, it's, it's. And then I might be really responsible if I got better, you know. Well, and then there's that. Yeah, so, I mean, there's our psychology does all kinds of things. And so, ask you, oh, sorry, go ahead. No. That's sorry, right. I didn't mean to over talk there. I just, I wanted to ask you something you said earlier is still stuck with me and I'd love to get your take on this. And, you know, Elise, of course, as well. And it, what, what really got me thinking about it is the direction Elise went, which, excuse me, which is where, I thought I thought she was going in the direction my head was going with it, but when you mentioned about how um, we have to reawaken to what you know we already knew, and what I'd love to get your th- and it's just this is a deep part of a conversation in the sense that I don't know that we'll come up with a conclusive answer, but I just love to get your take. Is when do you feel we lost that? And I'll explain what I mean because I think back to like the Roman days and. In some ways they were conscious, but in many ways they were very not conscious at all. Then you think the old West, they were, you know, probably not super conscious in a lot of the stuff we hear and read. And so I wonder, is it something where, like, okay, here's what I'm driving at. Do you think we're more conscious now as a society overall? And I don't mean everybody. I mean, like the percentage of people that are spiritual and waking up. Do you think we're more actually conscious now? And we have been in like, I don't know what the number of years are, millions of years or what have you. Like, do you actually think we're more conscious now? than we've ever been? Or when you say waking up, do you feel there was a, a society that was super conscious and then they lost that? That I do believe. Okay. I, I just, I'm just curious. Yeah. Because- I mean, hello, Jesus. I mean, we're all striving to live this unconditional way of being, right? And uh, that's like kind of a long time ago. Yeah, well, I, I, I guess I, mean, like, I don't know if Paul, with what they yeah, I don't even know how long ago, but I know it was like, forever ago <laughs> but given what they did to him i don't know if they were super conscious either i think jesus was super conscious no. yeah i, I agree but what i'm saying right. is it freaked him out it freaked everybody else out because yeah. they, people don't know what some people who aren't are afraid we're afraid of what we don't know absolutely i just i just i mean so do you feel we're nancy we're, we're getting back towards where we once were that's i guess what my bigger question is. well i do believe that there were civilizations on the planet that were far more advanced than than we are Mm-hmm. And I do believe that we were meant to come to this planet, life waves of soul, you know, or embody, and they're meant to outpicture what those unique qualities that they were created with. And I believe that happened for a number of evolutions. And then there was that little thing called the fall, where, where we got into this duality consciousness. No more were we the one whole oneness with God and one knowing who we were and powerful beings who, who, you know, didn't even, who gave birth by connecting at the heart and precipitating the soul, you know, the, the body for the soul. So I do believe all of that. And then after the fall, we get into this relative good and evil, you know? Oh, there's God and good, but what's this over here? Now we're, we're divided and we have this consciousness and it's, it, it lowered our entire consciousness, the whole fall thing. And then when you're, it's kind of like, I always like to say it was like Humpty Dumpty, right? Sitting on the wall and then he falls off and he's broken. Now, how do you put it all back together? How do we get back to our whole divine consciousness? And that's where I think we're going. But I think we've had ups and downs. I mean, look, we've had the dark ages We've had, I mean, and Jesus came, like you say, 
these people were not super enlightened at the time. <laughs> you know? In fact, you know, he came and said, uh, the prince of this world cometh, but he has nothing in me. He knew that the, the darkness had taken over this planet. Still has, actually, in many ways. Long, we're, and we're still here. So we're like... We're still here, but we're coming to, we are in this point of where light and darkness are, dark, light's meant to swallow up darkness, but it's not, it's not necessarily, I mean, many, many souls on a spiritual path, and that's perfectly fine, they, a lot of them will say, oh, there's no such thing as evil. Well, in the ultimate sense, they're right. They're, you know, it's only God. There's no such thing as evil in the ultimate sense. But we have free will down here, and we've created some things that aren't quite right. And there are beings who have totally denied their connection to God. And therefore they have to use others to manipulate and have light to stay even in existence. So that, that gets into another whole thing. So Corey, answering your question, uh, I do believe, I believe, in fact, I even say in my book that I'm writing that the great awakening began with the incarnation of Jesus. And whether you're Christian or follow him or not, take a back, look back and look at what he did and said. He said, the kingdom of heaven's in you. Don't look over here. You can do what I've done and greater things. Now, have we taken that message? No, we haven't. But we've skewed it. <laughs> we've taken the message and we've skewed it to again become victim because everybody's putting, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but they're, individuals who put their faith in something else outside and are waiting for something to change outside of themselves or to become something else that is a state of victimhood to a degree well, and that degree we took on instead of you know we're all imperfect we know that we make mistakes right we all sin we all do these things but instead of claiming that identity that jesus came and you remember he said i am you know how many times he said i am with his statements. He didn't say, I, Jesus, am the light of the world. He said, I am the light of the world. He was one with his God self. He knows, you know? And so what do we, though, whether it's whoever, church leaders, which, are, you know, dark ones, whatever, we are taking on the victim. We are taking on the identity of sinner instead of. Which is the victim, but yeah. The Christ, yeah, the Christed one. We're meant to be, we are sons and daughters of God. And we're meant to be just like Jesus. He said, follow me. He didn't mean run like a little puppy behind him. Be he as I, do as I do and be as I be. And become what I am. And yeah. be that. And so, so, but that's the message that's gotten a bit distorted. So now we're, we're sinners. You know, I'm, oh, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Well, yeah, right. Okay. So you sin. Jesus didn't go around calling people sinners. He called right. He, he healed everyone, no matter what the profession was. <laughs> exactly. And, and whatever their station in life, he, you know, he might say, okay, you're healed. Now, now don't sin anymore. But he didn't call people sinners. He called uh -uh. them to the Christ. And he said, it's within you. But we just sort of miss that. <laughs> Have you read, um, I, I don't know if you've read the Celestine Prophecy, but if you have, are you familiar with the 11th insight? Long time ago. So you'd have to refresh me. <laughs> well, the yeah. reason I asked that is because, and I was just 
talking to um, James, who wrote it the other day, and I said to him that, you know, this movie, this this book should be a movie, The 11th Insight. And technically, it's kind of like a bit of a, what is it called, Avatar, like the, the blue people, I always say, uh, <laughs> that movie. And then there's a new movie I just saw, The Ten Rings, like a Marvel movie, and it does the same thing. But in the book, it's called In Search for Some Shambhala. So it's the 11th insight in search for Shambhala. And they're trying to find this place where everything is evolved. And so what, why I thought of this and what made me think of this is in the story, they can walk through walls. Like they don't, mm-hmm. they don't have to open a door or anything. But the other thing is how they uh, birth each other is they just come close to each other. And then a light, like, like you were saying, light breaks exactly. up and that's how right. they get pregnant. And anyway, so, but the book itself, like there's two parts of this. First is I just went and watched this 10 rings and I said to James, you know, I don't know if somebody read your book and turned it into it or if it was just a great coincidence, but, and there's no such thing as coincidences, but um, I mean, if you want to know what the book is like, go watch that movie. Cause basically the people in that movie, there is this enlightened place that everybody's trying to get to. And you can only get to, if you know the way to get there, like it's like, and that's what James's thing was like, is most people can never get there because uh, they're, you know, let, for lack of a better way of saying it, they're carrying too much negative energy with them. So it won't even let them through. But it's just wild because some of the things you're sharing now, he wrote in that book, which was written 1990, I want to say seven, like way back. Yeah. And, and anyway, it's just got so many of those elements in there. So I just didn't know if you had read that book back in the day or not. Back in the day, because I've read so many, you know, since then. But and, and that, that that brings me up to another point that um, I have a podcast called Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect. And this, I I put out a podcast usually on Sunday mornings, like around 5 a.m. And this week I am putting out an interview that my husband and I did on a previous radio show. So it's not live, you know, but it's a recording with Danian Brinkley. And I don't know if you're familiar with Danian. He's He's had, well, he's written, he's a, famous author actually in, in that thing, but he's had like four near death experiences and they're well documented. He had documented them in his books, Saved by the Light, um, you know, in, in different books, but we interviewed him. He's actually a friend and we interviewed him twice. And so I'm, his experiences are incredible on the other side and the, the beings, the masters, you know, spiritual beings that he met, the messages he got, what he was to do. And it's a very, very, I, I put it there this, these two weeks, cause I know people have so much fear. A lot of people even, you know, do I, is there really anything beyond death? I mean, you know, the, the, the mass consciousness, you know, just are very fearful in many ways. And, these interviews, he talks, he, he goes into great detail about what he experienced on the other side and the dimensions and the life review that you have when you pass out of embodiment and, you know, all, all very detailed. It's, it's quite riveting. So I invite people, if they want to hear something like that, go ahead, you know, listen to it. It's Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect. It's on Apple Podcasts. Most of the uh, places, you know, Spreaker, whatever, most of the main places. You can also even go to the my website, which is 
I mean, the uh, podcast website, which is spirituality for politically incorrect. There's no the in there. But anyway, it's kind of, you know, based on like what we're talking about and everything. And when you're talking about Corey, you know, and what's being described, really, this is what this age we're moving into, the Aquarian age, is meant to be a golden age. So what's happening now is everything from the last 2,500 years is coming up for reconciliation right now. And that's why things can look so bad, you know, at this point before they get good. But this is the, you know, the the time to give birth to the new age. Now, is that going to happen tomorrow? No, but it's destined in the next age, 2,500 years, it will be a golden age. And you don't have to have perfection in every being on the planet. You know, you just have to have like 51% of the people to their higher consciousness and then you will pursue it. More than not. That's what I always say. If if you do something 51%, you're doing it more than you're doing it more than you're not. (laughs) Right. And, And that will precipitate and raise everything up, you know, the rest of the and it, and it holds true for each and every one of us. If we do something 51%, we're contributing to that which is more than exactly. that which is Exactly. And so, it, you know, it's a, it's a measuring thing, too, at this moment, you know, as far as the energy and the whole mastery on the planet. So it is time for a raising of consciousness, like it or not. The light is descending and we're called to be higher, come up higher. So I think all of these kinds of messages that you guys and everybody's putting out on the spiritual path are very, very important at this time. Amazing. Well, and and I know we have our next guest coming up here right away, but I'm going to um, put uh, actually our, our next. I was going to say our next guest is coming up, and he asked a question, um, which is, can the podcast, can the podcast be-, be accessed anywhere other than Apple? So yeah, so I guess that is a question for you. Um, and so I was going to say we have him coming up, but I'm going to put the the website uh, in the comments. So I guess that's part of the question. Then he is asking, can it be accessed anywhere other than Apple? Can it be yeah. accessed on the website itself? Yeah, on the website itself, which is spiritualityforpoliticallyincorrect.com. But I'll tell you, my website, my personal website, which is just my name, nancyshowalter.com. You can read, get everything. You, you can get to the I'm on there right now and you can get you everything. Can get the podcast, you can get to my free stuff. You can get to my course that I have, Find Your Purpose and Fulfill Your Destiny. You can get I also see Quantum Life Academy. We are, I know we're out, we're out of time, but I'm curious about that as well. That's where I have my courses. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I do, I offer a free electronic copy of this book, It's Okay to Be Rich. I have a, a free course on uh, the power of your word, speak your, you know, how you can speak your destiny. And, um, and then I have other courses. So do you work one-on-one with individuals as well or? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. I do see you can call, you can get a session or sign up for a call. With yes. you as well. Sign up for like, you know, like a half hour um, free session just to see wherever, where it's, where you're at. And if, if it'd be a good match and if you want. Well, to I'm going to call you. I'd love to have more conversation. I know we have limited time, but I find you intriguing. I love that you made the choice. We've been talking about choices, Corey, right? Like 
we what we have is a choice and you made the choice to move to ecuador and i have a lot of respect for people who make these choices in their life that aren't mainstream choices like a lot of people wait for certain times but you have this inspired action that you took and i and i love that oh well thank you well you know when people ask this are you crazy you're moving to ecuador what if you don't like it and we so said, move back. we'll do something else <laughs> exactly and on that same note, you made the choice to be here with us today. So yes, I, I thank you. And well, you thank you for the opportunity. It's been great. Absolutely. Well, Nancy, we'll let you run, but uh, we'll wave the flag for all the great stuff you're doing. We just told people how they can connect with you further. Uh, I'm sure Elise will be reaching out and making a connection with you further as well. Uh, she said this is kind of the start of uh, uh, Flip Your Script Friday, which is the thing she does weekly, but has been on a break. So I'm sure she'll reach out to you about that as well. So lots more to come, Nancy, from you. You have, I mean, you have such great insight and you're talking about something that a lot of people struggle with but want to know more about. So just thank you for being the light that you are and thank you for joining us today. You are welcome. What he said. <laughs> thank you, Bob. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.